we're going to jump into Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 18. It says, pray in the Spirit. In every situation, use every kind of prayer and request that there is. Uh, and so we're, we're in this um, sermon series. We're in the midst of 21 days of prayer. We're in day 10 today. And uh, we're really going through uh, this season of prayer and fasting and kicking our year off with uh, highlighting some of the prayers that we find in Scripture and looking at how we can apply those prayers into our own life uh, for uh, our benefit, right? And, and for the benefit of, of navigating these times that we live in. Uh, I, uh, I was tempted. I'm, I'm not on uh, Facebook much anymore. I'll hop on there every now and then. I don't have the app on my phone. And so I'm limiting my social media just because it's depressing. And uh, nobody's talking about their cats anymore. It's just uh, politics and what's wrong with our world. And uh, and I just, as much as I hate cats, I, I like that. You know, I liked seeing people's food pictures and stuff. But uh, and so I've kind of been off of it, um, but I, I jumped on it, and I, I saw some of my pastor friends kind of respond to some of the stuff that's taken place over the week, and, and there, there's almost kind of this uh, expectation or pressure of, uh, for me to, uh, as the pastor of the church, to give some sort of statement or response to it, and, uh, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not ignorant, I'm not... Uh, I know what's going on in our world. I'm aware. Um, I, I guess what I feel is that as Christ followers, we don't put our hope and our trust in any sort of man-made government or man. We put it in Christ. That is what we are. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, not, not first and foremost before we are ever citizens of anything else. And, and so that's my response. And my response in how we process and deal with what's going on in our world is what I'm about to preach today. It's that we take time and we spend every single day of our life taking it before the Lord, giving our lives to the Lord in prayer and, and in surrender to him and trusting that his ways are better than our ways. Can we say a big amen to that? So we pray in the Spirit in every situation, Ephesians says. That Greek word for every is every, every situation, <laughs> any situation. We, we use every kind of prayer and request there is. And so today I want us uh, to look at uh, one of really one of the most famous prayers that we find in Scripture. Last week, Jay did a great job uh, praying uh, or, or teaching through the prayer of Jonah. And um, honestly, when I woke up this morning and it was raining and cold and a chance of snow, I thought maybe Jay should just preach again today. But uh, I didn't do that to him. Uh, in 2000, Bruce Wilkerson wrote a book uh, based on uh, the prayer of Jabez, and so that really made it popular. Uh, that book was impactful to me. It's like a short four-page book, which is how I like my books. And so uh, you, you might look, look it up if, you, if it's even available anymore. But it was really impactful because it gives such clear direction, kind of an outline in how we can pray each day of our life. 
and then I went to a, a conference called the Grow Conference, and uh, Chris Hodges was teaching on prayer and, and reminding me as a pastor of the church, how do we lead our churches in prayer, and, and brought this back up again. And so uh, really for the last seven years, uh, taking this prayer outline and applying it into my life in how I pray. And it sounds a little prescriptive, and it may even sound a little bit formal, but in the case of Jabez, as we're about to read, he, he just very clearly outlines how we can pray, and because he prays this way, how God answers his prayer. And so, interestingly, this, you, you might, might not be familiar with it if you uh, have ever read the book of First Chronicles. Uh, you will know that it's a, a book of genealogies. It's like this person begat this person who begat this person. And if you're like me, when you start reading the begats, you, you're just like, um, I'm going to go to Proverbs. I'm going to go to Psalms. Like, because the begats just are boring. It's like, I don't need to know all these people. But right in the middle of the begats, right, you get to 400, you're done, you move on. But about 600 begats, there's this guy named Jabez. And there's a pause in the begats of, uh, to, to address the prayer of Jabez, that, that there was something about this man and his prayer that was so important that we were going to interrupt the begats in order to highlight it in such a way. And I think it, could, it, it, it outlines for us how we can be praying. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 through 10, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That's such a, a great statement. I, I don't know about you, but when I die, I want people to say, Ryan was more honorable than his sister. That's my hope. And uh, it says his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. The, the word Jabez, the name Jabez actually means pain. And, and if you think about that for a second, he, he probably had a little rough go in his childhood. That this kid, his name is pain. And, and so he, maybe he didn't have a rough go if he inflicted pain on people. But if he was a pain, he probably had a rough go of it. We don't know why his name was pain. We don't know if, it, if in childbirth his, his mom just had excruciating pain and she was like, yeah, your name's pain. You know, it's like, this is Johnny, this is Jeff, this is Susie, and this is our son, Payne. That's, that's what this is. And, and Jabez cries out, and you would think that a person named Payne is going to cry out to God and talk to God about his pain. And what I mean by that is for many of us, we often operate and live our life out of the labels that have been placed on us. Uh, it may not be the meaning or the origin of your name, although I think that it's really interesting. In fact, in our, uh, we do uh, a class called Unique, and in the midst of that, you find out the origin of your name and, uh, and kind of your life calling, and, and it's a, a, a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. And, and in the midst of it, you find out the origin of your name. And it is so interesting to me how the origin of your name often reflects much about your life. Uh, in fact, it's way more than we ever realized when, uh, when we even named our kids. We named my son after Bob Dylan, and the, in hindsight, we probably would have rethought that. So not after Bob Dylan, but after his son, which is still not great. Um, 
in the, in the case of Jabez, he's, he's crying out to God, and he's, he's not crying out to him about the pain that he's in. He's not even crying out to him about his own personal needs. He's crying out to him for something very different. And, and I wonder, you know, how often do we find ourselves when we go to God in prayer? <laughs> You know, whether that's all the time or a few times, when we go to him, I wonder how much of our going to him is not out of a uh, faith-filled proclamation. Uh, I would say it like this. It's not about winning. It's about whining. And and what I mean by whining is not like complaining. Uh, I I mean like W-H-Y-N-I-N-G, like whining. You know, that, that we go to God and we're like, God, why is this happening to me? Why did that person get blessed? Why is this taking place in my life? And we go to him with all of the whys. And I wonder, in, like in the case of Jabez, as he gives us this example, is, is, is maybe we ought to go to him like Jabez does with this winning attitude of saying, God, I know your promises. I know who you are and your faithfulness to my life. Will you, will you do this in my life? So he goes and he cries out to the God of Israel and he says, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would give me things that I don't have. That's what that means. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. And enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Interesting uh, play on words there. And God heard how he prayed and he granted his request. And so we see Jabez going to God, not based upon his pain, not based upon the label that's been placed on him. And I don't know if it's difficult for some of you to go to the Lord because of a label that's been placed on you, a label of depression, a label of divorce, a label of of bankruptcy, whatever that you find yourself in, that you're living in in the name of those things as opposed to coming to God, not in your pain, not in your label, but in the attitude that says, God, I know your promises. I know your promises are true, and so I want to come to you in that. And so the first thing that we see Jabez ask God for is blessing, Oh, that you would bless me. So the, the first point this morning in the outline is, is that you would pray for blessing. Ask God for the things that are available to him be imparted to you. And I'm not just talking about a financial blessing because that's all that we typically hear when we read this statement. That when we say, oh, that you would bless me, we think, oh, that you would give me more money. Although, here's the thing, is I actually believe that that's part of it. I think that there is blessing financially that comes from the Lord. It says, but the reality is, is that God really wants to bless you with many things. He wants to bless you financially. He wants to bless you in your health. He wants to bless you with creative ideas. He wants to bless you with grace and favor in your life. In Psalm chapter 18, verse 35, it says, Give me your shield of victory, and your right hand sustains me. And then it says this, and I love this picture. It says, You stoop down to make me great. Uh, I was, uh, it, before first service, Jay and Heather Bean have their grandson bear with them. 
they kidnapped him uh, from his parents uh, for a couple of weeks. And he was out in the foyer. And uh, do we call it a foyer anymore? No, it's the Welcome Center. So he was out in the Welcome Center. And, and rather than reach down and pick him up to me, I actually stooped down to his level and was talking to him. And I was trying to get him to give me a fist bump, but he wouldn't do it. And, and I was talking to him, and I just had this picture of what our Heavenly Father does with us, that we expect that we have to, uh, a couple of weeks ago I talked about climbing the ladder, that we have to climb the ladder, but really our Heavenly Father stoops down to us, and He wants to bless us with the gifts that He has for us. In Proverbs 10, it says, It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich to accumulate and he adds no sorrow to it. In other words, he wants to bless you. Our God, the promise of our God is to bless you. But we villainize this statement. And I'll be the first to tell you that I, I'm the first in line uh, to call out the, uh, the prosperity message that's out there. You know, I'm, I'm not saying we are a prosperity church. We're not a, a blab it and grab it, name it and claim it church. That's not who we are. Because that message is God wants to bless me to accumulate my own stuff for me. But, but in reality, what, we're, what Jabez is talking about is, oh, Lord, that you would bless me so that I can be a blessing to other people. That our blessing isn't for us, it's actually for other people. In fact, I would argue that he wants you to have more so that you can bless other people. I would, you know, some people say, well, that sounds selfish to pray. God, would you bless me? It sounds like, you know, like I'm being like, oh, God, give me more and more and more. And I would argue, and this is going to be a little controversial, I would argue it is selfish not to pray for his blessing. And the reason why is because you are withholding what he wants to do in you and through you to other people. It's actually more selfish to not ask for his blessing than it is for his blessing. Genesis chapter 12 reminds us what we're supposed to do when he does bless us. And I will bless you and you then will be a blessing to others. It is to nourish the environments that you are in. That wherever you find yourself in this life, it, your blessing is to be a blessing to other people. God needs you to have more. Not so that you'll have more. God is looking for people not to just give to, but to actually give through. As we went through uh, our Make a Difference offering, I was just reminded of, of how generous our churches and and this was really a record year for our make a difference offering and and the the picture that I had was this that each of us in our own circumstances our own situations maybe even at our own different levels have been blessed by our Lord and we have been we have been blessed and we were able to bless others, and we were able to make a huge difference, not just here in San Antonio, but in Colombia, in Indonesia, mind-blowing stuff because of us being a blessing to others. And here's the thing is, most of us, when we go into prayer, we, we 
at times go to prayer for our own needs. We say, oh God, I I need a new job. Oh God, I need provision for this. I need this situation. And could I just challenge us this morning to stop praying for our needs and start praying for more than our needs. God, give me more than I need so I can be a blessing and to make a difference in the world around me. 14 years ago when we arrived here, one, there were two primary goals that I had set out and, and asked the Lord uh, to accomplish in my time here at LifeHouse. And, uh, and one of those things was when we arrived, there was a $1.7 million debt load uh, that the church had. And at the time, it was much smaller and it was, a difficult, uh, it was difficult to even make the payments, honestly, at, the, at that time. And, and Uh, At the end of 2018, uh, we were able to be completely debt-free. And so for the last couple of years as a church, and if you're new to our church, you need to know this, that it hasn't always been this way, but uh, but that we are completely debt-free. And that as a church, our goal, every time we set the budget, uh, it hasn't always been this way, but it was always our goal to do it this way, is to actually... Reduce, like reduce our budget or, or our tithable income for our budget by 10 to 15%. And this year it's actually 17% so that we can give more away. So that we can make a difference in not just Lifehouse Church, but in the world. And, and that's always been the heart of this church. That our blessing isn't for us, for us to just hold on to. In fact, I would argue that when you try to hold on to the blessing of God, that's when you lose it. But it's when you begin to give it away as it's intended to be, is when you see more and more of it. 2020, uh, for me, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but 2020 for me pushed me back on my heels a bit, spiritually. Uh, And what I mean by that is I kind of, as the pastor of the church, found myself in a position of defense. Like we were playing defense. We were going to make sure that people were connected and taken care of and and that we we kept people and that that we would just play defense long enough to get back to normal. Right back to the way things used to be, and and what I found in doing that is that that there was something so I'm confessing that really to you that uh, and I I'm I'm ashamed to confess it, but it's just the reality, and I'd rather confess it and you not judge me about it later. But um, but that that there was just this this defensiveness. Instead of pressing into the promises of God and putting my trust in him, I found myself really trusting in my ways and my ability. And, and so for 2020, I, um, it, it was like, okay, if we can just hunker down until we get back to the way things used to be. And yesterday at prayer, we were reminded, we had just such this clear word that we may never go back to the way things used to be. And I'm not even sure that's a bad thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about whether or not you can go, uh, you know, sit down at a restaurant. But I, but I am talking about uh, the, the level at which our commitment and our pressing into our relationship with God. I'm not, we were pretty comfortable as Christ followers. And we have been pretty comfortable for quite some time. 
And I'm wondering if some of this isn't for us to just get defensive and wait for things to uh, just kind of go back to the way they used to be, but actually go on the offense and actually press into more of what he wants for our lives. I believe God is calling us to more fruitfulness in our life. And I believe that when we pray, God, if you bless me, then the next thing we pray is, okay, now I'm asking you to enlarge my territory. That's, that's what Jabez prayed, that, uh, that we would be a people who pray for his blessing, but then we would pray, God, would you give us influence? Would you expand my influence in this world? Every day, asking God, would you stretch me in this area? Would you take me places that are bigger than me? That God has available to you a life that is bigger than what you are able to do on your own. And some of the reason that we look at our lives and we just are are frustrated or depressed about our lives is maybe because our life is all about us and not about something bigger that God wants to do through us. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prays like this. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Hope and calling are inseparable. It's, it, that's why, not to beat a dead horse, but this whole unique process that we have encouraged people to go through is really about understanding how he's wired you and what he's called you to in such a way that, that we begin living that out in our life. That, that we begin, when we have hope, we have it because we understand our calling. We understand what it is to live this life on purpose. It goes on to say that the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What is the inheritance that we get? It's not more things, right? Your inheritance is people. Your purpose as a Christ follower is people. And that makes it somewhat uncomfortable for people who say, I don't really like people. Right? I mean, if, if you're a Christ follower and you find yourself saying, you know, I like Jesus, but I just don't like people, that's a problem. That's going to be a problem for you. There, there might be another prayer that you pray that says, God, would you change my heart? Would you, would you transform my heart to love people and to see people the way that you love them and see them? Because our purpose is people. In, in fact, uh, you know, the happiest people on earth aren't people that don't have problems. The happiest people are people who live their life with purpose. That we could live a life that goes beyond us. And, you know, all the rage right now is what does it mean to be a successful person in this life? Successful people have a clear purpose. And that's why Paul prays that you may know the hope and the calling so that if we live that out in this life, we will experience health, we will experience success, we will, and I don't mean success financially, I just mean we will, we will have a healthy life. God has a purpose for us, whether 
we know it or not, whether we believe it or not. And that purpose is to make a difference in people's lives. Psalm 2.8 says, Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. God has a purpose for your life, and until you find it, my guess is that you will spend most of your life putting out fires. Most of your life dealing with situations and wondering, and now all of a sudden falling into the trap of the whining. God, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? What am I dealing with? But it's the fruitfulness of my life, whether it's your gifts, your, the favor of your life, your beauty, your intelligence, your wealth, all of those things, those will attract opportunities for you. But it is the fruitfulness of our life. It is where our treasure is will determine whether or not we keep the blessing that God has for us. If your treasure is in those things, if that's where your heart is committed, you will find that you lose it. But if your treasure is in heaven, if your trust is in him, then all of the blessing that he wants to give you, you'll be able to keep as you continue to pour that out to others. So my question for you this morning is, what land awaits your fruitfulness? What borders need to be expanded in your life? Where, where are you asking God, God, would you expand my influence in this area of my life? And I did this first service, and I'm, I'm going to do it again because, you know, uh, it's supposed to snow today. So uh, I'm going to ask that you stand uh, with me. Uh, for those of you watching online, I'm going to ask you guys to stand wherever you're at. If you're driving, don't, don't stand. But if you're in your home, stand with us. And I'm just going to invite you to, to just take this to the Lord. I want to pray over you. Because I believe this year is about expanding our influence. And when I say that, I don't mean planting churches or church growth models or any of that. I'm talking about you individually. That God wants to do something in and through you where your influence is expanded into your environments into the places that God has you. So uh, let's pray. In fact, if you want to just put your hands out and receive this uh, this morning, Lord, I pray for each that are represented here in this room, those who are watching online, uh, Lord, that there that your first and foremost that you would bless them, <laughs> that you would pour out your blessing, that you you would bless them financially, you would bless them with health. Lord, that there would be a blessing that is beyond anything that they could dream or imagine. Lord, I pray for wisdom as they lead their homes, as they, uh, as they lead their children, as they train their children up in the ways that you've called them to live. Lord, as, as husbands, as wives, Lord, that uh, you would give wisdom and, and blessing over their marriages. God, I pray that uh, any sort of obstacle in anyone's life, Lord, I pray that you turn that into an opportunity, that it becomes an opportunity of what you want to do in and through them. And then, Lord, I, I pray that, uh, that you would walk us into more fruitfulness in our life this year, more fruitfulness. And, and Lord, I know that you have been 
faithful in that in our lives. And I know that your promise is little by little, we will begin to take the territory. We will begin to expand the borders that you've given us. You will expand the influence, God, and that this won't be something of just another year, but that it will be an opportunity for more of your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and and be seated. The prayer that comes from that is, Lord, show me your purpose for my life so I can live a life that's bigger than my own. So I pray for for blessing, but I also pray for expanded influence that in the midst of a chaotic world, and can we all just agree that we live in a chaotic world, that we would be a people of purpose to make a difference in the lives around us. And then Jabez says this, he prays, Lord, let your hand be with me. In other words, if you're going to bless me and you're going to bless me for the purpose of having influence in places beyond anything I've ever done before, I'm going to need your presence in my life. I'm going to need you to be with me. That what you've asked me to do is too big for me in my own ability. The the reason we do 21 days of prayer twice a year is really out of a conviction, as I said, quite a few years ago of just recognizing that much of what we do in putting on services and uh, and uh, having great uh, Lifehouse Kids Ministry and Dream Team members and all this stuff, a lot of these things can be done in our own abilities. And, and I, I, I hate even admitting that or confessing that, but the reality is that, that we could do this without God. And, and I know that sounds even sacrilegious to say it, but we could. But I am committed to the fact that in my own abilities, I know that I cannot lead us where the church wants to go, or where God wants our church to go. That in my own ability, in my own knowledge, in my own skills, that, that, that I, as a pastor of a church, I can only take us so far. We need the presence of God to take us to where he wants us to go. That if he's going to expand our influence and individually expand our borders, then, then guess what? We need the presence of God in our life. Listen to the desperation in Exodus in chapter 33. It says then, uh, actually I'll go back. It says the Lord, in, in Acts chapter 11, it says the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Meaning it wasn't because they just went and evangelized or yelled at people and told them that they need Jesus. It was because the presence of God was with them. And then in the desperation or the desperate voice of Moses, Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us from here. Don't do it. Because how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? In other words, Moses is saying, I'm not moving forward without your presence. There's a a lot of what we do that is in our own ability, in our own decision making. And I'm not saying we can't ever make decisions, but I am saying that how much do we rely in the control of our own life instead of saying, God, I need your presence. With his presence, we'll go farther than we could ever dream or imagine. 
It says, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. In other words, I will go with you. I'll be, my presence will be with you. The world that we are a part of is looking for hope. It's looking for answers. And if I'm being honest with you, I have a hard time. At times, I struggle with the fact that the church in America doesn't look a whole lot different than the world. And I don't say that as any condemnation or judgment because I am the church. I, I'm a part of the church. I say it in, in maybe a, a warning that, that if we don't allow the presence of God into our life, we will continue to look the same as the world. If he's not with us, I'm not going. I don't want to go. But if he's with us, I'll go as far as he wants to take us. The people of God should be distinguished from the world, not because we behave differently, not because we go to church, not because we give or serve. It's because we have the presence of God, the Holy Spirit presence of God in our life. And that prayer is, Lord, be with me because what you've called me to is way too big for me. I need your presence. So we pray for blessing. We pray for influence. We pray for his presence. And then we can guarantee that if, if he's answering those prayers, if our influence is being expanded, our blessing is being poured out through us, not for us, but for others, then we can guarantee that we have an enemy who is coming and wants to stop anything that God is doing in our life. And Jabez's prayer is, and Lord, if I'm going to do all this, I need you to keep me from harm. And so the fourth thing is that we pray for protection. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. People don't like to talk about the devil in church too much because it's, it's uh, you know, Let's just focus on Jesus. Let's focus on God. Let's focus on grace. Let's focus on forgiveness. Uh, all those things. And all those things are very, very good things. But I think we've kind of done a disservice in not talking about the fact that we live in a, a world that, and in a battle that we're not battling against flesh and blood. We're battling against the principalities of darkness. There is evil. We could all agree to that. We've seen it. There's evil in this world. We experience evil uh, throughout our life. And, and sometimes I wonder if we've just kind of taken a, a complacent perspective and just said, you know what, we'll just give the devil that area and we'll just take a step back and take a step back. And I just think God is calling us to be on offense you know, I think about our, our kids and, and the world that they're growing up in and how many of us each day pray for our kids. That, that the enemy, because guess what? As much as we're in a battle of spiritual components, so are our kids. And are we covering our kids in prayer? Are we praying for them? Are we encouraging them? And are we are we not allowing the enemy to have a foothold in our kids' lives? When your kids go off to school, do you pray over them and say, 
uh, in the name of Jesus. Because here's the thing is that the reason why people don't want to talk about the devil is because they're afraid of the devil. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. If you're a Christ follower, you don't have to be afraid. Because in the name of Jesus, he has no authority over your life. He has no authority over your children's life. But so often we give him room. We give him space. And instead, I would just argue that we, we are people of offense and we say, no, that when my kids are going into this world that we're praying, Satan, you have no authority over my children's life. God, would you bring protection over their life? Would you keep them safe in this crazy world that we live in? You have no foothold in this place. Do we pray in our homes that way or do we do we just kind of take a back seat and just say, well, just whatever happens, happens. I think it's time for the church to be a people of offense that says, no, we are going to fight. Not people. We're going to fight against the principalities of darkness. The church needs their confidence back. Romans chapter 8 Paul is talking to the church in verse 35 and he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors. Not because we're special. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And can I just say, and this isn't out of any sort of fear or, or anything along those lines, but because I've read the end of the story, there is a chance that there's going to be trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and possibly sword. And if all of those things happen, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ because we are more than conquerors. Or give me more than I need so that I can be a blessing around me. So that I can be a person who blesses others. Or give me the opportunity to have more influence. Expand my influence. God, I, I want to only go to the places where your hand is on my shoulder and you are leading me and guiding me. And then, Lord, I'm praying for strength to be overcome famine and sword and nakedness. God, I'm praying for strength to overcome nakedness and hardship. That, that those things, even though they may come, have no, no determining factor on our relationship with Jesus. Jabez didn't talk about his pain. Jabez didn't go to the Lord with his whining. He didn't ask why he was named pain. He didn't ask why his circumstances were what they were. Instead, Jabez went about the promises. He tapped into the promises of God and he tapped in the potential that he didn't assume, but he, or, or he didn't presume, but he knew the promises of God. And he stepped out in faith and said, God, would you bless me? Would you give me more influence would you go with me and would you protect me? Where prayer works best is when we go into it with the understanding not that we, that God somehow comes closer to us, but that when we are a people of prayer, we grow closer to him. We get closer to him. 
2021 is about us as a church pressing in and moving towards our Father. It's about fruitfulness. And the question for us is, where is the fruit in our lives? It's about being proactive, not reactive to this world. I don't often beg people to participate in things that we offer as a church. There's, um, you know, we have life groups, and life groups are amazing. They're community, and there's, um, there's Bible knowledge that takes place there. And so I, I want to encourage you. I encourage people to participate in the things we offer. But I'm begging you to be people of prayer. I, I am, the, the, the one area that I would beg you in is this. Because we need it. We need to be people of prayer. If, if you call yourself a Christ follower, then, then we need to be people of prayer. Even if it is just for a minute to be able to start your day off saying, God, would you bless me? Would you expand my influence today? Would you go with me throughout my day today? And then, Lord, I know that if I'm blessing others and I have influence for your kingdom and I know that your presence is with me, that the enemy is going to do whatever he can to bring his attacks towards me. And, Lord, would you protect me? It takes two minutes. And if every day we began to pray that prayer, if every day we went to him in prayer, my guess is that at the end of 2021, my promise is that it'll be better than at the end of 2020, but, no, uh, but that wouldn't be hard. So my, my guess is that at the end of that, not my guess, I know. And if it's not, then let's chat. But could you be a people of commitment to just spend time in prayer? Every Saturday, we're here from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And there's about, sometimes there's three of us, sometimes there's 15 of us. All are welcome to come to Saturday morning prayer. I understand there's kids and stuff and all those things. And I'm not even necessarily begging you to come to Saturday morning prayer, but I am begging you to be people of prayer. It is what we need. This is what the world needs. As we move forward into it, that we would be proactive, not reactive. If you want to know what the answer to everything that's going on in our world is, it's prayer. It's putting our trust in him. It's allowing our lives to be dependent upon his presence in our life. Where's the fruit? Where, where are we seeing fruit in our lives?